It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. What it is, you know what it is, it's Tyrus. The Timph and I decided to put out one of our favorite past episodes this week for you. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the episode of Tyrus and Timph. Nuff said. What it is. Welcome to another exciting adventure of Tyrus and Tim Devin on vacation episode part 47. Yeah. Uh, joining us today in her place is Katrina. Why not? Yeah. Katrina? Katri. Katria. Is the yeah, E silent? <laughs> There's actually a PH in there. It's in the front. It's the in PH silent. is silent. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. What's to talk about? Um... I mean, so Kat uh, hosted Butterfeld. I did. And um, got awkward. She talked about fentanyl. I did. And mm-hmm. it has probably been the most activity I've seen on my social media in a long time. Not that I watch a lot, but there was a lot of people that uh, that, that resonated with. And... And a lot of people who were pissed, which was very... I, but I think that's good. I think so, too. I think that's good. That's why it's, I said to you, you had the balls to do it, because yeah. it was not going to be favorable Why don't you re- recap what so happened? So, I, I, I'm a libertarian, which is not a shock. Uh, I, I knew that this would be the case when I did it, and uh, I was kind of like, Shit, Like Sometimes you just got to do I it. I wrote it, and then it mm-hmm. got to the point where I was like, it's too late to do anything now, yeah. so this is what right. I'm doing. Uh, and just the way the, the drug war has created the problem of fentanyl and the way that the government's, some of the proposed solutions that they have would make it worse or, you know, threats to liberty in terms of, you know, more surveillance, more government power, that sort of thing. But I also specifically mentioned chronic pain patients who, when they cracked down on legal opiates, overdoses so-called which are really poisonings went up so it did no good and then also there's all this horrible horrible pain that these people are going through so i had people who were pissed at me like fentanyl's bad it's bad when people die you dumb ah! and it's like yeah like like uh, at least like meet me as if i'm a human we mm-hmm. might have a different idea of how to solve this or not solve this but i don't think it's good when people die of fentanyl poisoning no but I- I- no, but my point is this, is that sometimes in life, if you feel strongly about something yeah. and um, I remember uh, Gutfeld when uh, pretty much everyone was supporting the president when he called the NFL players sons of ah! for kneeling mm-hmm. and I was pissed about it. Yeah. And I made a decision, you know, like I'm going to speak my mind and if it doesn't go with the flow and if fans don't like it, tough. Exactly. I got to sleep and I, I feel like it was the same it was the same thing. It was something that needed to get out. Now, I had no idea what I was going to say, and I never do yeah. until actually mm-hmm. I heard it. But when I heard poisoning, I decided to try to like make it because you gave a lot of information. Mm-hmm. And I think the problem sometimes is when people give information. If it's not what you're used to hearing, right. yeah. your first response is, oh, this is bullshit. Yeah. I don't want right. to hear this. You know, and so I then took what she laid out eloquently and then broke it down to hood language, which like basically yeah, is yeah. poisoning, right? And it's funny because I said the exact same thing that Kat said, mm-hmm. except I didn't get attacked to it because she mentioned 
liberty, rights, surveillance, and government. Yeah, And right. they automatically just assumed... That I'm like pro-fentanyl. That, that she's pro-fentanyl. She's right. not pro-fentanyl. No. She's pro-solution. Yeah. There's a difference. Now, and, and this is where we differ a little bit. I don't, growing up, I don't believe there was ever an actual war on drugs. I think that was just a speaking service because our government hands were in it, uh, especially within the 70s with getting, well, how the drugs were getting into the neighborhoods and the cities and things like that. Those were being allowed in by government officials. There was there's several movies about guys who had one guy, all he did was fly planes all day for drug cartels in the United States to CIA agents and, and FBI agents who were on the take and stuff. So they, an actual war, uh, and America is very good at war. So if we actually had a war on something, we're pretty good about stamping it out. But when you say, like, you have Nancy Reagan come on and say drugs are bad and they throw some eggs on a pan. Yeah, that doesn't help. That doesn't yeah. help. And, and, and But what also made it worth it to me, which it can, like, you can say it doesn't bother you all you want. But, like, when you have people just inundating you, like, with brutal, oh, it bothered like, me. personal insults. Yeah. yeah like, not like no I disagree, need. but, like, you're a fucking idiot. Like, you stupid, yeah. like, fire. But what made it worth it was on the, on the other side. I got a lot of comments and also actual personal emails from chronic pain patients who are saying, I'm so glad you brought this up because I can't get my medication because of these laws. And I'm not an addict. I'm someone who has, you you know, they they have some illness. Like an autoimmune disorder. They have an autoimmune disorder. They were in a horrible car accident. And they're saying, okay, they're treating me like I'm a criminal because Mm -hmm. I want to have my medication that I've never asked for an early refill. I've always taken it only as prescribed. And it allows me to live a normal life. I had one woman reach out to me who was talking about how she can't get her medication anymore. And so now she just sits at home. She can't go anywhere. So they're worried about, oh, she's going to be a drug addict and just lay around. But now she's just laying around because she can't move. I always, My motto mm-hmm. has always been, and I, I learned this in the WWE, I always speak for the audience of one. Mm-hmm. One. And your one person emailed you. So job well done. See, that's the thing. You cannot ever, because, and this is a shot. It's not a shot. Take it for what you want. Masses tend to be like sheep. Yeah. Yeah. They just go with what they know. And if it's not affecting you, it's so easy to cast judgment. It's so easy to say, well, I would just say no. No, you don't do drugs, sir, but you're sitting there eating two quarts of Haagen-Dazs. Okay? You know what I'm saying? Like, we all have... Our, our issues, but when it's not our issue or it's made us uncomfortable, and I guess it's 11 o'clock at night and I want to laugh. Okay, but the Gutfeld show has always kind of took on topics that were controversial, mm-hmm. and we still had time for our jokes and stuff and, yeah, and things right. like that, but one of the things about being uh, a comedy show, comedy always imitates life and usually takes tragedies and makes them more digestible. That's like, that's, that's the, the goal. That's the purpose. Now, the people that got offended, it says more about them than it does about Cat. Mm-hmm. If you didn't like it, if you didn't, if you, if you didn't enjoy it, well, you can change the channel. Yeah. And you know, but it doesn't change the message. And the one yeah. person, like I said, it's always about the one person. Yeah. And there was a few, but the, the, yeah, but I'm yeah, just saying many yeah. actually. Yeah. Yeah. Thousands. Yeah. There was a lot. Not everybody's going to write in. Nobody talks about it. And part of the reason that I know about it is I have, you know, like an uncle family, an uncle who kind of has, has been dealing with that, uh, who had like a botched back surgery, completely not his fault. Uh. And it's like, okay, like he wants to be able to ride his bike to go to the baseball game. Like he wants to be able to do these things. To live his life. And they're cracking down. Doctors 
because of the guidelines, which I mentioned they are working on loosening a little bit, but doc, they have doctors so terrified to prescribe opiates mm-hmm. to people even who really need it. Because of the doctors Be- that were basically slanging it. Right. Mm-hmm. Like when you said that uh, documentary, The Pharmacist, when literally New Orleans was just getting flooded because people were getting, all they really wanted was the right to write a prescription. That was the new drug dealer. So we saw a change. The drug dealer is no longer the guy on the corner right. with the hoodie on who looks like me. It's the one in the white coat. <laughs> it, it's a guy in a white coat. And it's a company, you know, and it's, and it's a whole thing. And doctors are, and, and bad doctors, you know, we always hear about bad police and bad teachers. There's bad doctors. Of course. And, and I think that, um, and, I, and I made sure to say this, but of course, when I did throw a lot of information, but a lot of this stuff both in the past and now, is well-intentioned. They do not want to see people die. They don't want to see people get addicted. It's well-intentioned. But as a libertarian, as a small government person, as someone who's looking at the past and towards the future, I think that I feel like I always have to be the one because most people don't, and that's fine, to look at potential unintended consequences of some of these well-intentioned things. Mm -hmm. Which is what happened here and what happens, it happens all the time. It's kind of like you have a dog that runs around, so you want to pull the choker on them. So they pull back super tight, thinking, and then eventually they have to loosen it up again once they start to see the numbers drop. The problem is, is that this isn't dogs, this is human beings. And with the internet, you'll find a way. The doctor says we can't get it. And then you're like, yeah, but I can get it from a lab in Canada. Yeah, so it's got, it's, they, but it's they not do really, fa- it's it, got, yeah. And, or I can go, I got a guy who can go down to Mexico and get it. Mm-hmm. And it's in all phases, it's in all phases of our, our drugs. The way in a, a utopian uh, way to do it would be like all drugs are legalized and adjusted. So if you mm-hmm. needed to be on, let's say I need cocaine to get my work done, right? Um, and you went to a doctor and it was prescribed, you're not going to OD. Well, you shouldn't unless you abuse your prescription. Right, right. But I'm saying is you would take out the crime element. You would take out the fentanyl right. element because they would have to find something else. Unfortunately, there's something else might be human trafficking. You know what I'm saying? They're going right. to find another right. horrible thing or they'll start putting fentanyl into candy. You know what I'm saying? They're going to mm-hmm. find a way because that's what that's what the way human beings work, good and bad. And we have evil people out there. So, again, and I. I was just, uh, I was proud. Thank you. That, mm-hmm. And I said it to you there because I knew that there was going to be somewhat of a shit storm. But sometimes it is better to feel strongly about something, bring it to the table, and then they're talking about it. They might not like it. They might be pissed. It might be too close to home mm-hmm. for some people. But everyone was talking about it. And so for that, it's a victory. Is And again... It's an, enough pressure to walk into work one day and be like, I was on an airplane. Cat walked into work. Hey, something went down. You've got a host tonight. Yeah. Yeah. I like found out for sure. Like mm-hmm. after yeah. that. Yeah. Like it was last minute. So I was like, yes. And then I'm like, shit. Like, what am I going to talk about? So I was like, it has to be something that I know a lot about that, mm-hmm. that I don't need to like spend a bunch of time research because I already know a lot about it that I feel passionate about that I can talk about. Um, that's timely. What is it going to be? And that's the first thing I thought of. And and it's your first thought that's usually that's how I live my life. Yeah, so, mm-hmm. yeah, I hear you. Good, bad, or what indifferent. Pops in. But again, uh, we don't have to spend the whole podcast talking about it. But it just it took a lot of balls to do it. And I'm mm-hmm. getting a lot of interviews. And I, the first thing I'm and you walked in yeah. on it. The first thing I say is, hey, don't thank me, thank her. Mm-hmm. You know, because I don't really think about it because I'm not affected by it. Don't you dare touch that dial, and if you do have a dial, you need an upgrade. We'll be right back.
Hey, it's Clay Travis. Join me for Outkick the Show as we dive deep into a mix of topics. New episodes available Monday to Friday on your favorite podcast platform and watch directly on outkick.com forward slash watch. It's not a stereotype, but it is a stereotype, but it's not a stereotype. We don't trust doctors. Yeah. (laughs) But I mean, we can literally, uh, brothers will literally have a knife sticking out their back. And if their homie says he can put some mud on it, we're like, (laughs) do it. We just don't go to the doctor. So one of the big disconnects about being with Ingrid was that she like if someone sneezed, she's like, huh, I'll call the doctor. And my ass is like, no, and call yeah. the doctor, go in there and get sick. <laughs> around, give me something. I'm not going in there. Uh, yeah. You know, plus as a man, they always it always ends up somehow me having to cough. And I'm just yeah. not down, like, I don't want that. It's just not what I, it's either a shot or a cough. And I don't feel like doing those two things. It's just a little cold. And uh, I, but when COVID hit, all oh, of a sudden, man. I became Dr. Osborne myself. I was like looking up, okay, what's this? What's this? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so uh, when it uh, when you're directly affected by something, mm-hmm. it changes. So a lot of, but I, I think I represent a lot of people who only go to the doctor if it's A, an emergency room, or B, something that they, they've tried everything else to fight. So, of course, if I couldn't get, let's say, let's say I was taking pills to lose weight instead of doing it the old-fashioned way by not eating that much and, and training all the time. And I wanted to lose weight and there was a pill that I could do it. But my doctor said, uh, your insurance isn't good enough for it. Sorry. It could really help you, but you just can't. And it's $2,000 a bottle. If you're going to buy it from the hospital mm-hmm. or I looked it up on the internet and I can get the same medication for 50 bucks from Canada. I'm going to get that medication for Canada, even though my fat pills might be laced with fentanyl. I won't even, or super levels yeah. of ephedra, which is just as, I mean, Corey Stringer, uh, f- great football player, basically took he, his contract with the Minnesota Vikings. He had to lose 30 pounds in the offseason. He wasn't losing it, so he went out and got on ephedra and literally heart exploded in camp because of, of, of ephedra. I'm sure there was other things, but I mean, I'm just, I'm breaking it down for you. I guarantee you that ephedra wasn't prescribed by a doctor because you will find a way. And that's, that, that's my issue. But if I was if I had chronic knee pain from years of football and wrestling and I was in the same situation and there was a guy in Canada that can send me muscle relaxers for five bucks a pill, I'm probably going to do that opposed to go pay 700 bucks for a painkiller. So there there is the problem. Right. That's that's it in a nutshell. Forget the drug cartels. Forget all the bullshit. That's the problem. Mm -hmm. If those pills were five dollars if those pills were not so expensive to these billion dollar organizations nobody would be going to canada nobody and 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 again and and i appreciate like it's it's these people just in general with we've all gone through this where it's like you have to agree with the major narrative on every single thing they're like you and you know what the thing that pisses me off the most is when or that when they call me stupid i was like Mm -hmm. i'm a lot of things i'm not stupid no i didn't get from where i was to where i am because i'm stupid nope so you i can be i i I have have plenty of flaws i i I, that's not one of them so shut the up Mm -hmm. and to call me that just because you and, and you agree with me on a million other things yeah and i'm sure that if you saw me out in public you would be you'd ask for a picture with me yeah so don't like like the internet and i never really look i really don't i did this time even though i knew be bad because it was worth it to see the stories of the people who are glad i was speaking up for them so yeah and like i said 
you're not doing good unless somebody's hating yeah, on you. Exactly. That's how I live my life. Yeah. I walk down the hallways, I can feel the hate. <laughs> and it's like my mutant power. You know, when they boo me, I know what they cheer for. So it, it gives me self-confidence. Mm-hmm. And so, but I used to be worried about that. I, yeah. I remember my first wrestling match, right? Um, no, no, no. My debut is Brodus Clay as the Funkasaurus, right? I just went from being this mean monster heel that ate children, and now I'm going to be this dancing bear, basically. I remember Triple H looked at me in the eyes, and he said, you did great out there tonight, but whatever you do, whatever you do, do not look at the internet. Which yeah. is basically telling uh, me to do what? To look, to at, look at the look. internet. Gonna look. Like, Stay off Twitter. Stay off Twitter. And I was like, is it bad? He's like, I'm not even looking, but I'm just assuming it's going to be bad. And Triple H was, he was trying to protect me. Mm -hmm. And I'll always thank him for that. But of course I looked. Of course you did. And you know what? There was a kid going, oh, my kid, there's one lady, I'll never forget it. She's like, I'm sitting here studying for a test or something like that. And I hear my kids screaming and jumping and dancing. So I come into the room and I see them doing this funk of what And I just <laughs> thought, boom, audience of one. What does it matter? But I had grown men going, that's some bullshit. You sold out. You did this, whatever. You're supposed to be a killer. Da-da-da-da. You know, and I'm just like, you're 42, Briz. The best part about the haters too, like calling you stupid or like making fun of you is like, you do it. Are you yeah, smarter? I, Can I you do that. it? Oh, you know. You, you, you do, do it. You come you in. Do it. You do it. Yeah. You host the f-ing show. Yeah. Let's let's see what you got, Bernice. Yeah. Ooh, They're definitely Bernice. like in oh, there. It's oh, always Bernice. Some, yeah. If you're out there, Bernice. Yeah. F- you sign a waiver, Bernice. <laughs> like in their basements, just like yeah. typing away. Like, like, what are you doing with your life? Let's just break that down. I sat through it. Yeah. I watched it. I didn't like it. I complained the whole time. Yeah. Never once thought, hey, Murder, She Wrote's on right now. Yeah, you know, yeah. like, or hey, <laughs> sure. Kimmel, no one's watching that. Plenty of space open there. But you watched it, sat with your arms crossed. Thanks for the views. And then wrote a scathing yeah, like, thing for one reason, for yeah. one reason, mm-hmm. for hoping Cat would be like, why did you say that? Yeah, be yeah. like, yeah, like, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, that's my I am cat. issuing nah. an apology. Nah, nah, I am sorry. issuing an apology. I am actually. Never, never apologize. Now, that I'm, is the I'm apology of the Gutfeld show. I'm actually now, I'm to the right of Jeff Sessions on drugs. Yeah. I think that we need, I, you made me see the light. And I think yeah. that everybody well, should be drug tested every day. And if they test positive for weed, we should put them in prison forever. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I I'm not say, changing like, my mind. No talent. You oh yeah, exactly. No talent. I have no talent. If, if it wasn't for Fox, you would you wouldn't have a job at all. I'm like, I have six jobs, Briz. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? But same it, thing with you. You're stupid. Neither of us is stupid. No, we're a lot of things. We're not I'm stu- stupid. We're like not. A fox. Yeah, we're not stupid. We know what yeah, we're I'm doing. I'm pretty smart. I we go to know work what we're dressing doing. Like I go to work out. Okay. Look at me. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm also to be clear wearing yeah, sweats. I, I, yeah. well, my peers all have suits and ties on and makeup. I should have worn sweats today. Dang. You know. I bought four. I pairs got a dress. Of these I got a stain on my shirt. Yep. Okay. I will have I one shortly. I got. I got. I got some uh, green goddess on my sweatshirt here. I bought five pairs of these camo shorts because I like the way they feel. So yeah, I literally yeah. have the same. I'm like Albert Einstein with these shorts. You're a cartoon character. Basically, yes. <laughs> and why? Because I like the way they look. Now I've heard comments like nothing matches with camouflage, and I just say. Why are you looking at me so hard, bro? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you wear the same shorts every day. Yeah, I do. Just I have five different pairs. Yeah, five pairs of it. Yeah. Do I, I need to take pictures of my five pairs? No, just I, think about it. I have a friend. Uh, have you ever met Party Bro Greg, my friend? He only wears... <laughs> Has he been in the green room? He, I don't... I'm, I think so. He's, he probably. only wears black v-necks. 
Yes, like, oh my god! He's like thirty he's got his of them. Yeah, okay, he's like, Ricky what? Gervais. He's like it works Ricky for Gervais every occasion. Wears, wears Steve black stretched out black T-shirt. Yeah, that he clearly I've been pulling away from. And his he always wears a black V-neck. And I was at his apartment like a few months ago, and I, I looked. Do that anymore. I looked, and it was just a whole rack of black V-necks. That's hey, amazing. And he that's less on the brain. Exactly. He's like, I think about what am I wearing? I know what I'm wearing. I'm wearing a black V-neck. Yeah, you know, summer, like winter. Speaking, put a leather jacket speaking, on in the fall. Speaking of V-necks, so I had a, a monumental moment yesterday. <laughs> So um, I wouldn't really call this a weight loss journey because it's not. I'm just training really hard. And um, I'm only eating once a day. And the intermittent fasting, like my body feels better. Once right? a day? Once a day. Wow. And um, so not even thinking because it was cold in my hotel room yesterday because my, um, my blind, deaf cleaning lady, and that's not a joke, uh, she comes in and sometimes she pushes the thing and apparently she hit the thing all the way down to cold, right? So, uh, so I came in, it was freezing. I, I got out of the shower, no mental images, and <laughs> I put the towel around and tucked it in like I would at home with my giant bath towels. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, didn't think, I was, holy shit. I've never been able to use hotel towels like ah. like a like a dress, like a ceremonial dress. I always have to like, <laughs> they're just too small. I'm too big. <laughs> so I was like, whoa. So then I was like jumping up and down trying to make it fall off because I was like, it's not going anywhere. I was like, oh, wow, I'm in. I'm in regular towels now. That's sick. But I'm jacked still. So, I mean, it's like one of the problems when you cut a lot of weight is you'll lose all your muscle if you don't do it right, right which is more painstaking. But um, I was pretty proud of that. I That's was awesome. pretty excited about that. But it's not something uh, like I can call a home, but it's like I couldn't call a homeboy out and be like, yo, check it out, bro. Regular towels. Regular towels. Why They'd not? Be like, Guys don't do that. No. Alpha guys don't do that. I'm sorry. I don't have the ability. I don't hug my friends. I don't kiss on the cheek. I live in a tight box. Okay? All right. Fine. Stay tuned because we got some crazy stuff coming up right after this. You know, I, yeah, I, I don't always think I've ever this. seen you hug anybody. No, I'm a, I'm a I don't think I've is. ever seen you hug no, anybody I'm, ever. I'm not a hugger. Uh, I'm a side hug if I have to. Side hug if you have to. Or head nods more in my thing. Mm -hmm. Fist so, bump? Yes. Uh, I think I talked about, I did talk about it a little bit in my book. So when I was uh, working in the group homes, when I was a recreation therapist, I had uh, one of the kids that I worked with was, he didn't, he was as, as gay as it gets in terms of his behaviors. And he was mm -hmm. very, he's very feminine. I don't want to say he's, he was gay, but he was very feminine, right? So I had a complete disconnect with him. I'm this, I'm in between my free agency looking for a football team to get on, um, playing basketball, lifting weights with the kids. They're all kind of like little alpha me's and stuff. And then we had little dude. We'll, for this argument, we'll call him Corey. And Corey was just always like, you should try wearing collars. You know, he was just very like this. And he would like, he'd organize my desk for me. And he was like my little helper. Aww. He was my little tattletale. Like when someone Love was doing it. something wrong, Corey would be like, him was doing this, this, and this. And then he was just, <laughs> he was so like flamboyant, right? So of course, when the other kids got mad at him, they would call him certain names and stuff, mm. right? And so, uh, one day we had another kid, uh, we'll call him Philip. Uh, Philip was a big white kid from uh, Arizona, and he was like slow, but he was like that kind of slow, like you want to have in your corner. Mm -hmm. You know, like so he just, how are you doing today? You need okay. anything, boss? Like he was just, he was going to be the perfect henchman one day. Like he was just <laughs> one of those guys. But him and Corey were roommates. And they, like, Corey is very meticulous over his side. He's very clean and organized. And Philip was not. Uh, so eventually those borders are going to cross and a fight broke out. 
And it wasn't much of a fight. <laughs> Phil punched Corey in the face, Aww. busted his mouth and his eye up with one fist. I mean, that's <laughs> he had a soup bone, right? Pop. And uh, Corey was dramatic, and he came out like, Ugh. and he's rubbing the blood in his face to make it look worse. And I just <laughs> didn't, I just didn't care. You know what I'm saying? Like, fight back. You know, and mm -hmm. uh, he got upset. No one listens to me. And I think I said out like the side of my mouth, I said, you probably brought it on yourself. Quit acting like that. So basically... I, I backed the alpha kid, you know, and it's like, that's what boys, boys do this. And mm -hmm. like, if you can't do it, it's your problem, not ours. Basically, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but, and he freaked out and he was in his room for a while. And I obviously brought Philip out and I made Philip shoot hoops and calm down or whatever. And, and I just kind of left him in there. And about two hours later, I had this big smash and I'm like, what is this dude doing now? He had basically tried to run his face through the window. Philip? Uh, no, uh, Corey. Oh my he God. tried to, he tried to cut himself oh he tried to he was trying to cut his wrist he was being you know so and i had we called the ambulance and we you know all that stuff and they brought him to the hospital and they had him in little stirrups and stuff and and you know i'm not trying to get off work it's 10 o'clock and they're like hey he's asking for you and i'm like Ugh, you know i gotta go deal with this kid mm -hmm. and i go in there and he's crying and i'm like it's you know we got to make better choices and he's like no i did it because i can never be what you want me to be and I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, I'm not like the other boys. You make, you don't like me because of the way I am. I can't help the way I am and you don't like me. And I was like, Corey, what are you talking about? He's like, you don't like me. You helped Philip, and I was the one that was bleeding. So I left that night feeling like, what do, what do I do? What do you do? I don't, I don't connect with him at all. And for most of my life, I had looked at gay men a certain way. It was just something you didn't want to get on you. You know, like even as a kid, it was like the thing you would say. I would be like, oh, you're acting gay, bro. Like it was just the it was like the thing you would say. It was like the slang. So I didn't I really for the first time in my life, I had never been affected mm -hmm. by that behavior. So I didn't know what to do. But me being luckily the way I'm wired, if I can't fix something, I'll try to learn something to fix and to go back yeah. and fix it because of my competitive. Like he's not going to say that about me. So I'm going to figure it out. So I went to my boss who happened to be um, gay and I told her my problem and she was like, I'm going to sign you up for a course. And I was like, what, what kind of course? <laughs> and she's like, there's a, uh, it was like a seminar uh, celebrating your gayness basically. And they're having classes and stuff. And she wanted me to take me and the meatheads, the rest of the boys in my group home to this event. Heck yeah. <laughs> I love this. And I was like. But you have to be the one to ask all the meatheads. Would you like to well, go? Well, I don't ask you? shit. I tell. Because I'm the alpha. <laughs> yeah. I'm the alpha. Yeah. But I was like. Wait, you mean you, mean you want me to be around a bunch of gay? Like, and stupid shit in my head was like. Uh, if this makes me gay, I'm going to be pissed. You know what I'm saying? Like, you <laughs> yeah. think the stupidest things when you're bigoted. You don't know. Like, yeah. like I'm bigoted. Like, I'm yeah. willing to say I was bigoted. Yeah. I didn't want to go out and, like, beat up a gay person, but right. I didn't want to sit at the same table as one either. Mm -hmm. If that, So I guess I was, like, a, a passive-aggressive bigot, right? So when I went and I go there, and this time Corey's out, and he's forgiving me a little bit, and I tell the guys, because we all had dinner together, and we sit at the table, and I pound on the table, and I was like, yo... We're going to Oxnard University tomorrow. We're going to a seminar. We're going to learn about expressing our feelings and treat Corey better. And they were like, oh, this is bull. No, hell no. Da, da, da. <laughs> like, we're going. Aww. And I remember uh, we'll call him Jose. He said, bro, are we going to a gay school? And I'm like, yes, we all need to learn how to be a little gayer. <laughs> and 
That's basically what I, and then everyone just kind of sat there like, what? So we got up, got in the van that day, I showed up to work. We went and like, we stuck together. I mean, we yeah, were like, stick, stick together. You know, like, <laughs> nobody wander off. The buddy system. They might get us, like, you know? Corey was like walking around and he was the most judgmental. Like, oh, look at this one. Look at this one. <laughs> Wait, and Corey was, went with you? Yeah, of course he did. Because uh, we wanted him to, my goal was to show him that right. I wasn't what he thought I was. Mm-hmm. So, um, we go and we go into the first class and we sit down and I'm looking at Corey like, yo, I'm with you. And the other guys are just like, the, and these are all like 14 year old boys. So everything is like funny to them. Right. But not today. They're all arms crossed, defense modes up. And they're just looking around at everybody. And the teacher comes in and he was very flamboyant. And he's he talked about like what it is and this, that, whatever. And I and I he's talked about he said something and I raised my hand. And I asked a question and he was like. You're obviously not gay. And I said, well, why do you say that? He goes, because you're so uncomfortable. Your, your body language, you're uncomfortable. Why are you so uncomfortable? What can I possibly do to you? You're a six, eight monster. I'm this little tiny guy. And then he said, you live in this box. And I feel so sorry for you because you live in this box. Every day of your life, you have to prove you're not gay. And I was like, what? What are you talking about? That's stupid. He's like, if one of your friends is crying, can you give him a hug? I was like, no, nah, I tell him to suck that shit up. He's like, yeah, because you're a little box. Won't allow you to <laughs> And I was like, okay, that's point. Okay, touche. All right, but I don't, I'm not like hugging people. He's like, okay, if you're having a fantastic day and you're in a subway, and I'm like, it's California, we don't have subways, bro. He's like, can you just be mature <laughs> for just... a second? Yeah. And he goes, and you're in a subway and your favorite song is on, can you jump up and start singing it? And I was like, nah, that's, damn it. <laughs> no, mm-hmm. I wouldn't. He's like, your box. Like, that's your box. I feel so sorry for you. I'm free. Like, I can pick flowers. I can sing songs. I can express myself. I can kiss my friend on the forehead and tell him to cheer up. Mm -hmm. Can you do any of those things? And I was like, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't even imagine. He's like, because you live in that little box. Dang. I was like. Man, were you just blown away? Just, whoa. (laughs) Wow. He became seven feet tall. Yeah, I was just like, whoa, I do live in a box. He's like, but it's your box. And it's probably a beautiful box. I was like, no, it's a manly box. (laughs) (laughs) It's a man. And Man but, box. but then I was like, damn, he's right. Like, I'm the one with the problem. They're not the ones with the problem. So I had that moment, right? And I could see by the time the conversation was over, the boys went from arms crossed to like relaxed. All of a sudden, it wasn't a big deal. Like, we were the ones with the issue, mm-hmm. not them. And I just remember Corey shaking his head going, man, that guy is so gay. Let's get <laughs> out of here. And I was just like, bruh. bruh uh, did you not learn anything? That's so. He funny. wasn't ready, That's but I'm just so saying. Funny. I just remember in the car, he was just like, "You guys are gay." You guys <laughs> went to the and like he was just like it was his moment to, because all he wanted to do be right. alphas like us, right. and all I wanted to do was be able to relate to him and not make him feel like he was left out. So two things were accomplished That's that so day. Funny. But the entire car ride home, he was like. Are you still in your box? That's like, and I'm hilarious. Like, you want it, You're going to end up in a box. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, audience of one. So that's when, when, and to tie those two things together, when, when the Timpf, when Catherine C. Timpf, mm-hmm. investigative journalist, took over Gutfeld for eight minutes. And, yeah. and I, I looked at it like, and I said to her during the commercial break, good for you. Mm-hmm. You had the balls to do it. What I didn't say is, don't look at the internet. Don't which which I, I already, wanted to say. I already knew and I did I, it anyway. I wanted to say <laughs> it, but it. I, she still had 45 minutes of show yeah. left, and I didn't want to put that in her head. But And then I meant to text her that night, but um, I told her, like, hey, yo, like, good shit. But I, Kudlow just 
threw me off because he's he lived in Rome. So I was just oh, it was, if you haven't seen the episode, I'm gonna I'm gonna post watch. some more uh, of the stuff, the clips when our our Andrew. We gotta give him a shout. Andrew Wimsack. Yeah, Andrew Wimsack. Like, he's like, like represent. He sends us our clips every day, and then uh, and if if he if they're a little late, he's he like, I'm really, I'm really sorry. sorry. I was on vacation. <laughs> I missed. I missed. And I'll be like, it's it's okay. But then. Like when, but then sometimes I'll be like, "Yo, I didn't get my thing today," and I'm like, "Wait a minute, I'm not paying this guy." He does it out of the kindness of his heart, and like, that's if, nice. If you do like a random, like if I do America's Report or if I do America's Newsroom or whatever, I'll get a thing. Like, so sorry, I missed it. I, I found it on YouTube. Don't worry about it. Oh. And I was like, "Wait a minute, I could look this stuff on YouTube myself." Well, uh, uh, nope, nope, nope. I got I'm gonna stay in my box. I'm gonna stay in my box. Let him do it. <laughs> but like, he's come to the shows. He's never been like, hey, it's me. He just says, oh, hey, saw you at the show. And yeah, I was like, why yeah, didn't yeah. you say hello? Is he this was... a Fox employee? No, he what? should be. He, he should be in our be. tech department. <laughs> Wait, who is this? He's just a fan, a super fan. He's a yeah. fan? That's yeah. adorable. He's not on the payroll. Wow. But he would be my tech guy. If I if I could get <laughs> a tech a guy, tech yeah, because yeah, he gets it done. Good for him. You need a clip? I don't go to Fox. I go to Andrew. I got a guy. Yeah. yeah, I got got a guy. guy. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. He is incredible. That's awesome. Yeah. So, you know. Does he listen to the podcast? Yeah. Probably. He could probably (laughs) give us a PDF of this as well. I guarantee he will this week. We should title this show Audience of One. Andrew. Yeah. He's our audience of one. That's a good title. Yeah. So, what do we learn besides uh, Catherine C. Timpf is a badass? Mm. Um, Do it for the audience of one. Yeah. I learned. Yeah. Yeah, don't, always tell yourself that. Don't follow the bandwagon. Don't jump on the bandwagon. No matter how comfortable. Yeah. Get get out of your box. Get out of the box or Corey <laughs> will laugh at you. Yeah. I'll never forget that. <laughs> you guys are gay. <laughs> so gay. And I was like, this was, I did get a letter of accommodation though. That was pretty cool. That was like my first major award at work besides like tardiness award right. or yeah. fastest Participation fired. award. Yeah. Or yeah, that's the only award I've ever gotten at work. I don't get a lot of awards at work. I'll make you guys awards. Yeah. Thanks. Mm-hmm. For what? Because for think- more podcasts like this, <laughs> just like this, you can check us out at foxnewspodcast.com. I'd like to see Brett Bear and Perino top this one. Yeah. Yeah. Good luck. This is a good yeah. one. Yeah. This was, Yeah. I feel good this about good this. One. And we, you know, damn it. I forgot all about. Devin eating all the food right. at the Yankees Red Sox <gasps> game. Yeah. Yeah. She right. wiped out an entire a whole tray board. of lobster rolls. They yes. were like little like ones, like they were like little three, like two at three. She had like thirty of them. And the couture board, charcuterie board. Yeah. <laughs> she wiped out two charcuterie boards. Yeah. Devin was went with, with. Explain. Okay, so I got uh, the owner of the Yankees, good buddy of mine. He wanted me firsthand to see uh, Aaron Judge. Tie right. and break Roger Maris's home run record against my Red Sox. Not happening, Briz. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he extended the invite to um, the Gutfeld crew. Mm-hmm. And uh, I tried to tell him that most of Gutfeld crew is not going to go to a baseball game. So mm-hmm. it was Kat and Cammy because he's part of the show, oh, Cammy yeah, Salon. Right. And, and it was like Tom. And then uh, I, he had some extra space. So it was Kennedy said Kennedy loves baseball. So it was like Kennedy and then. Uh, Jason and Devin were there when we were trying to figure it out. So I was like, hey, does mm-hmm. anyone here want to go to a baseball game? So those two jumped in. So that was the – I didn't leave anybody out, right? That's everybody? Yeah. Yeah, that's everybody. Okay. So we were going to the baseball game. Right. And um, owner seats or whatever. And I was sitting with Roger Maris's family. I heard about this, yes. And um, by the seventh inning, I got him. You know, never let a Red Sox in 
on anything good a Yankees got going on because I will sabotage. Mm -hmm. So uh, they'll probably never admit it, but I was like, you got to want to break the record. None <laughs> of us wanted to break the record. And I remember the guys, I wouldn't be mad if he lasted another year. I said, I wouldn't either. You know, so, uh, but while that was going on, while we were focused on the game, mm -hmm. little Devin got alone at the, at the <laughs> accoutrement table and went buck wild. And when I did see her, she had what could only be described as a ring of lobster sauce oh around God. her mouth. She was like, loving that. She destroyed. I said, do you see the game? She's like, yeah, how much the Packers up by again? Yeah, she, she's <laughs> one of those lobster rolls. Yeah. Yeah. But she loved, apparently she loves lobster rolls. I had no idea. No, I, Man. well, neither did I. I, I know mean, now. Yeah. I just, when Roger Maris's son went up to get a lobster roll. They're all gone. They're all gone. Damn. I mean, it was, again. You know what that is? When it comes down to pure and simple, the one thing I ask is I always ask for no whatnots. Yeah. And Kat promised me no whatnots. Yeah. But she didn't think about the Devin Kelly <laughs> factor. Yeah. She whatnotted the hell out of the accoutrement. Unbelievable. No hot dogs. I was like, have you eaten before? Yeah, no, yeah. She was like, <laughs> everyone knows you only take two tops from one tray when you're in a public setting. Yeah, right. I had a hot dog. I had some chips. Yeah. I, you know, I had some of it. I did get a lobster roll, I'll tell you that much. No, I I didn't think lobster roll because I was like, I'm having my two hot dogs. Right, it's a baseball game. It was lobster my meal roll. of the day, so I had my two hot dogs. I mm -hmm. waited. And then, of course, they had the uh, baseball helmet Sunday. Right. So I had to have that. So I got it all in. Mm -hmm. uh, they didn't have peanuts, which was uh, typical of the Yankee Stadium, but uh, mm -hmm. they had Cracker Jacks, but I was just wasn't feeling it. Plus, there's no more prize in there, so there's no point. Right. But uh, yeah, Devin completely, she ate her weight <laughs> in food, basically, and was unapologetic. Respect. Proud, proud of herself. Respect. Proud of herself. Because of her, lobsters are endangered species now. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. All right. All right we also, now, we also learned that. For more podcasts like, like this. Just like this. Just like this. Uh, you can reach it at foxnewspodcast.com. Tyrus, Tim. I'm Tim. Katriana. Uh, enough said. Enough Go said. Ahead. Listen ad-free with Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.